crouching, as she had said, for maybe ten minutes, watching the flames tent across the piled wood, then cutting the yellow soap into slivers with a kitchen knife whose bone handle had been scorched on the stove, then lifting the pole, which she prodded and stirred in the vat of sheets and clothes. It was something Alex would never see her do, yet it was vivid in his mind. The girl so unlike the white-dressed figure at school, in her green home skirt and bare legs, and a fawn blouse with its sleeves rolled back along her forearms, raising the pole and lowering it, with the identical action with which she might push a shallow punt away from the wet bank of the river, easing the silent craft into the will of the current. Her breasts rode high with the lifting of the pole. Her hair swung forward with the sideways leaning pressure. Steam worked in drifts about her raised bare arms, the swaying curtain of her hair. It took twenty minutes for him to cycle from Barbara's place to home. He changed into dungarees before going down to the shed. As he entered, he nodded to the one-armed man who was already at work in the clatter of the machines. The manager moved quickly, half-bent between the stalls, as though there was such urgency that there was not time for him to walk erect. His bad arm was in a leather holster that he wore only in the shed. Alex rubbed the disinfected cloth across a cow's bag and slid on the gulping cups. They were one of the first farms to milk entirely by machine. The metal sheaths were heavy, the long brown hoses leading back to the separator like fat, interminable worms. From a shelf at the side of the shed, a radio blared out, adding to the racket of the job. Between one animal's exit and the next's shambling entry to the stall, Alex swilled the cups in a bucket of water. Replaced... They chugged and gulped. Always above the shed's rhythm and clatter, he was conscious of the sweetish reek of the milk and the warm gut smell rising from the cow's droppings and the dull glimmer of metal rods. She had looked at him so directly before he left, before she turned to the figure whistling at her. "'You'll come back?' she had said. Her words kept on at him as he drove the animals into the stalls, as he stooped beneath them with the large, grotesque hand of the milking cups. He yelled at the ones that held back and slapped at their haunches with his opened palm. He leg-roped the stroppy ones. With the tractable he spoke and patted, rubbing his fist on the large bone between their eyes. When the job was done, Stan tinkered at the dials and wheels out the back of the shed. Alex hosed the gear with boiling water, and with cold he scoured the yards while the manager clanked awkwardly with the large metal cans. Then the herd was in the paddock again, their casual, ageless movement across the line of the sky. His mother said when he had switched off the radio, "'No reading tonight, then, Alex?' They had done the dishes together, and sat as they usually did, at either side of the range. His fingers were clasped around his crossed knee. She thought, His hands are already those of a farmer. 
They are raw and swollen with his father's work and his grandfather's too, she supposed, and God knows how many before that. She knew so very little of her husband's forebears. I just feel like sitting on here quiet for a bit. The woman took up the shawl in which her knitting was wrapped. She spread it open on her lap, holding up in front of her an almost completed sleeve. She leaned across and rested it along her son's arm, drawing its sides together until they met. She then let its long softness coil on her knees and began with the heavy needles that worked against each other in a rapid soft clashing, while neither she nor the boy spoke. She thought how something must...